Hello, folks, and welcome to The Bend. I am your host, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. Today's show, spotlighting a Florida team that set records in a recent Lionfish Derby. We have the latest outdoor news. And now that you've harvested your trophy deer, turkey, elk, we have master taxidermist Bodie Schneider joining to help us turn those memories into a work of art. Plus, we hear from the field staff and so much more. Remember, folks, we love hearing from all of you. Comments, stories, ideas. Get a hold of me anytime. Call or text 305-900-BEND. That is 305-900-2363. Or drop me an email at bendradioshow at gmail.com. Joining today is my producer and sound engineer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Hold on. You know what, Tigger? I don't even think I'm going to let you talk much, much at all this whole episode. And he's <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I think that's what you've been asking for. for. There you go. There you go. Okay. And I can't believe I'm even saying this with an earshot of you, but this crossed my desk and I got to tell everybody about this. There is going to be. <laughs> Should I be nervous? No. <laughs> What you're fixing? Well, it is the holidays. Shopping has started. You haven't taken my credit card away from me yet, but you might. Or actually, I might take your credit card away from you when you hear about this. Wolf. You're going to talk about a gun auction. Yes, wolf auctioneers. They are holding a gun auction this upcoming Saturday, December fourth. And get this, folks. We're talking over seventy. Over 70 Can you firearms. And yes, Wolf online okay. proxy bid will be available. So everybody, mark your calendars. Head to Wolf, that's W-O-L-F-F auctioneers.com. And you can pre-register if you're not near the facility. Otherwise, the auction will be taking place in Bismarck, North Dakota. But again, it's online. You can bid. There'll be guns, or sorry, firearms. There will be knives. There are artwork. A whole, a whole collection of... So you're saying that's going to be your Black Friday is on December 4th. Boom. I get some more presents, y'all. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That sound means it's time for our Spotlight segment. Today's Spotlight, we're heading south to Florida, where the spearfishing team, Forever Young, caught our eye as they removed a record. Listen to this. 564 invasive lionfish in just two days during the annual Reef Environmental Education Foundation's 2021 Florida Keys Lionfish Derby and Festival. Yes, you heard me right. 564 lionfish in two days. Team Forever Young consisted of just four men that executed this impressive feat by diving repeatedly from sunrise to sunset during the whole two-day derby. Working together, Team Forever Young, led by Captain Tony Young and friends Luke Rankin, Jason Vogan, and Jeff Tharp, the gentlemen were able to bring up 40 to 50 lionfish in one 45-minute long scuba dive. According to Captain Young, they used pole spears, which basically are rubber band driven spears and not actual spear guns, as this allowed them to get very close to the lionfish, actually within inches. Side note, everyone, all of the fish caught by Team Forever Young were eaten and some even cooked for a public lionfish tasting as part of the derby. And according to one teammate, lionfish are actually one of the best tasting fish one can get in the Florida Keys. The rest of the fish, by the way, did not go to waste either. The fish skins were donated to a company that makes fish leather, while the spines were turned into a jewelry by local artists. Now, if you're wondering, they tasted good. Why the derby? Lionfish are considered an invasive species and compete for food and space with native species such as snapper and grouper, as well as 
known to prey on healthful species such as algae eating parrotfish. Everybody, this was a great one that caught our eye. I want to challenge you on your next adventure, or if you hear of something spotlight worthy, to send those pictures, info, and tag at, that's A of the Circle, The Ben Show on social media. You just might be our next spotlight shout out or even as a guest on this show. Sit back and enjoy the news. Virginia. Stephen Johnston from Portsmouth, Virginia, knew the antlers of the white-tailed deer walking beneath his stand were interesting. He was about to give the animal a pass until he noticed three tall tines sticking straight up. Johnston was surprised at what he had harvested, a 20-point buck. The deer had nine tines sticking straight up, including one with dried velvet still attached. Then another 11 kickers and stickers jutted from the base, making it a 20-point buck. It was while lifting the deer into the truck, Johnston received a second surprise. The deer's underside was female, none of what would normally be found on a buck. Uncertain of what to do in terms of legally checking the deer in, Johnston called the local conservation police officer who informed him he still had to use a buck tag. After looking at photos of the deer, the National Deer Association Chief Communications Officer Lindsay Thomas Jr. had this to say, There are a number of kind of related oddities in antler growth that result when deer, for whatever reason, produce too much or too little testosterone. Bucks born underdeveloped produce too little testosterone, so they grow antlers that are always in velvet and never grow through the annual cycle of hardening and shedding. Hermaphrodite deer are born with the reproductive organs of both sexes and also produce strange antlers. When a doe produces antlers, it's usually a result of elevated testosterone production. She may be a normal doe in other ways and capable of reproducing. Wanting to see for yourself? Google Virginia Hunter 20 point buck to see the pictures. Our last and final story, Yellowstone National Park. Earlier this year, a woman who was visiting Yellowstone National Park went viral for doing something incredibly dangerous, getting as close as she could to a grizzly bear and her three cubs. Now, after the Yellowstone bear charge video went viral, the 25-year-old Illinois woman has been sentenced to four days in jail, must pay fines, and is barred from the park for a year. Samantha Daring, the woman in the video, pleaded guilty to willfully remaining, approaching, and photographing wildlife within 100 yards. According to reports, her fines total a little over $2,000. Daring was at Roaring Mountain in Yellowstone National Park on May 10, 2021, when she, along with a few other visitors, noticed a sow grizzly and three cubs. The other visitors backed away slowly and got into their cars, while Daring continued to film and take photos. In the video, Daring films the bear on her phone. The bear, feeling protective of her cubs, Bluff charges her. Daring appears relatively unperturbed and continues filming before walking away quickly. Acting U.S. Attorney for the District of Wyoming, Bob Murray, said this in a statement. Approaching a sow grizzly with cubs is absolutely foolish. Here, pure luck is why Daring is a criminal defendant and not a mauled tourist. Wildlife in Yellowstone National Park are, indeed, wild. The park is not a zoo where animals can be viewed within the safety of a fenced enclosure. They roam freely in their natural habitat and when threatened will act accordingly. So that everyone understands a little bit more, Yellowstone National Park requires that visitors must stay at least 75 feet away from bison, elk, bighorn sheep, deer, moose, and coyotes, and that visitors must stay 300 feet away from bears and wolves. After the break, we talk taxidermy with an award-winning master. Stay where you are. We'll be right back. 
You've had that hunting or fishing adventure of a lifetime, now preserve that memory with an actual piece of art. For over 20 years, Schneider Taxidermy in Helena, Montana has provided superior service and a commitment for excellence to customers all across the United States. Schneider Taxidermy believes in only delivering the highest caliber of quality, matched with courteous and professional service. Whether a custom designed piece or a shoulder mount, Schneider Taxidermy is award winning and known for their exceptional turnaround. Skilled in all aspects of taxidermy, they have the knowledge and the experience. Having seen everything from North American to African exotics, from king salmon to bighorn sheep to elk, red stags, black bucks, mountain lions, and grizzlies, visit SchneiderTaxidermy.com to view their award-winning works of art and start making that once-in-a-lifetime memory truly a work of art. Where the customer's always first at Schneider Taxidermy. Howdy, this is Sean McCoy with Mickey's Mustard. I want to simply say thank you, everyone, for ordering and supporting our family-owned business. If you haven't ordered any yet, give it a try. Mickey'sMustard.com. M-I-C-K-E-Y-S, Mustard.com. More than just a mustard, made in Texas and fat-free to boot. Mickey's Mustard. Thanks, y'all. Hey, thanks for calling in, Sean. Crew, it's really good. Welcome back, folks. Today is a treat. Now that we've harvested that trophy, it's time to turn that memory into a true work of art. Joining today is a National Taxidermist Association master, taxidermist Bodie Schneider from Schneider Taxidermy in Helena, Montana. Bodie is an award-winning taxidermist and has won various titles from the National Taxidermist Association, including the most sought-after of them all, the master's best all-around taxidermist, and for multiple years. His works of art range from North American big games such as elk, mountain goats, and mountain lions, to African exotics, to even beautiful fish replicas. Bodie, thank you for joining us. How long have you been in the taxidermy business? Yeah, I've been uh, been a taxidermist for 23 years now. Still love it every day. Always wanted to do it when I was a little kid, and so I'm doing my dream job. What got you into doing taxidermy? Because I know, like we said, you've been a taxidermist for several, for quite some time. What got you into doing taxidermy? So it's just something I've always been interested in since I was a little kid. I started hunting at a very young age and uh, was just always infatuated with animals. So I guess now I have them, I surround myself with them. Well, in in, for, in my mind, taxidermy is, is very much an art form. I look at it as a very artistic approach to looking at our wildlife and what we may have harvested and, and those memories we get to take home. It is, yeah. It's very much an art form. It's uh, You have to play by certain rules. There's Nature has rules that you have to follow, otherwise it doesn't look like what nature made. And then also your customers have certain rules. You know, they might want a certain pose, a certain way. Um, but sometimes people come in and just drop it off and say, here you go, have fun with it and make it artistic. So those are the, the most fun ones to work on. So now you're talking a little bit, just to give a, everyone a kind of an idea of what kind of animals and, and what, well, not just animals, but fish, upland birds, things like that, that you've been able to work on. What are some of your most memorable type animals you've been able to create memories from? 
I guess I would say like the big African cats. We're working on a leopard right now, and uh, a couple years ago we did a great big lion with a a black mane from Africa, and oh and, wow, uh, I have a, a giraffe I'm working on right now. Those are kind of those are kind of fun, but my favorite are are uh, mountain lions. Now I'm just imagining you said a giraffe. You must have a fairly decent size shop or facility because uh only time i've ever seen a giraffe is in a zoo so i'm imagining you must have a pretty good floor space to hold him yes yeah it's a pretty good size shop <laughs> so here's a question for you you had named off first off some exotics when these come in are this often you've already visited with say um whoever is going to be hunting and, and going after some of these large games in other countries so that they know what to do once they harvest such an animal and get it back to the United States and to you? Yep, absolutely. They call me up, and uh, then they come visit with me, and I have tags that I send them with, and they equip those tags on all their trophies over there, and I'm USDA certified, so then it they can ship it straight back to me. Uh, you mentioned you're USDA certified. Why would somebody need to be USDA certified in order to bring an animal into the States? It has to go through a USDA certified facility just to enter the United States legally. So otherwise, now we're back in the States and those of us that are out hunting, maybe there's some out there that have not had anything, you know, a head mount or a full body mount or something done before. Do you have any rules of thumb that you try to encourage others to do after they harvest an animal in order to make, I don't know, I want to say life a little bit easier for you and hopefully guarantee them something that they will treasure? Sure, absolutely. Um, I always tell people to treat the skin as if you're going to eat it. Keep it clean, keep it dry, you know, and keep it cool. Okay, so kind of put it on ice as well, I guess you might want to say. Yep. Yeah. You don't want it to get warm or sit around too long. When it comes to receiving animals in, are you usually receiving them already caped out? Or maybe I should have you explain what, what, that, what we mean when we say we use the term caped out. So I receive them in all different kinds of uh, ways. I've had people pull up with a, a whole moose or a whole elk in the back of their pickup and then I skin it from there or... Uh, or people do it out in the field and uh, just take the, you know, the cape off and bring it to me. So if somebody was to harvest, say, you know, a deer, for example, we'll use something a little bit simpler. We'll say somebody harvested a beautiful white whitetail buck or a muley buck. Uh, if they were wanting something like a shoulder mount, how would you prefer to receive that in? So I would tell them most of the time that you're probably not going to get it out whole. So I would say... Start between the ears and make an incision straight down the back to behind, well behind the shoulders. It's always better to take off more skin than you think you're going to need. So behind the front legs and leave all the armpits in there and everything because some of that ends up on the mount and uh, skin all that forward. Then I would recommend just taking the head off between the axis and the atlas up there right behind the skull and uh, bringing it to me that way. All right, there you go. I would take it from there, yeah. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, I'm glad I asked. I know everybody seems to have a different method. And that's why I've always kind of wanted to ask is the professionals, how would you prefer to receive them? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do prefer that, that they don't skin the face if they, if they don't, if they've never done it before. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I know in my past, I've had several of my trophies mounted and uh, there's been a couple where, you know, I, I attempted to do it myself thinking that I had seen enough of it done. And in the hindsight, it was just worth paying the couple extra bucks to have you guys do it yourself. Oh, sure. Yeah. And most of us don't charge anything extra anyway, just to, to uh, skin it off the face. So when it comes to preserving some of these now beautiful art pieces that we receive at home, are there any things that we should keep in mind of, you know, when it comes to displaying them or how to even take care of them? you know, so that they last past our lifetimes. Sure. A, a really good thing to not do is have them in direct sunlight, like sun that hits them through a window every day. That can kind of fade. It fades the hair over time. That's kind of, it, it's kind of hard on them. I had not been told about that one before. That is good. Do we have to worry at all about, you know, either too dry of an environment or too much humidity? Not really. Most most livable spaces are the humidity's fine in there. Um, keeping the dust off them is a good thing. Just use a nice wet rag. And I've seen a few mounts that got saturated with like dusting spray, and you don't <laughs> really want to do that because it really makes makes the dust kind of stick to them. So. Oh, there. I guess I hadn't thought about it. That would actually do the opposite of what you were trying to fix. Uh, how about this? I don't know if this is the right thing or not, but I once in a while will put the uh, little bristle type attachment on my vacuum and lightly go with the hair to uh, to uh, vacuum it off. Is that okay to do yep. or would you say no? That's that's perfect. Yep. Yeah. As long as you have that brush on there to where it's not super suction onto the onto the hair, mm -hmm. that that's a great way to clean them. Oh, perfect. Good to know. At least, yes, Beck's been doing it right all these years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is wonderful. I have one other question I'm going to ask you. We've talked about now more of the, I guess you want to say the warm-blooded mammals, you might say. What yeah. about for those beautiful big fish stories you write home about? Is there something we should keep in mind if we want to be able to say mount that beautiful blue marlin that is a once in a lifetime catch or that trout that l was the best memory that you might have had fly fishing? Sure. Um, a lot of times, so I do both skin mounts and replicas. So if you're going to do a replica, a lot of people will take a picture and measure the length, measure the girth, take a nice picture, a bunch of nice pictures and uh, they turn it loose, and then I have a great reference to go off of. And if you can get a weight, that's great, but it's not absolutely necessary if I have the length and girth. Great insight, Bodie. Thank you again for being on the show. Those interested in Schneider Taxidermy, head to schneidertaxidermy.com. Again, that's schneidertaxidermy.com. And I highly encourage you all to follow Bodie along on their Facebook page. Amazing, beautiful works of art. And personally, I can't wait to see the giraffe. Follow at, that's A with the circle, Schneider Taxidermy. Stay where you are, folks. We make our final bend right after this. 
This is Beck. First, I appreciate all of you for listening and making The Bend part of your week. Many of you have asked, how do I catch past episodes? The answer is super easy. Head to thebendshow.com and click on the shows tab. There you can listen to every episode all the way back to episode one. Podcasters, head to your favorite podcasting app and search The Bend. You'll find us. Be sure to follow and subscribe and never miss another episode again. Hey guys and gals, this is John Arman with Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV. Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV travels the back roads to the backwaters in pursuit of the ultimate adventure in hunting and fishing. Join Team UOA every week for exciting action in the crosshairs of the outdoors. Catch Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV on YouTube, Amazon Prime, and make sure to follow Team UOA on Facebook and Instagram to share in the ultimate outdoor adventure. It's the holidays, and heck, we all struggle to find that perfect gift. How about something custom? Salt Fork Designs in Elva, Oklahoma crafts custom jewelry like earrings, pendants, rings, keychains, and money clips. But it does not stop there. Salt Fork Designs offers brand name retail items such as handbags, travel bags, pottery, housewares, sunglasses, candles, food, tack, and leather goods. Find them on Facebook at Salt Fork Designs or head to their website, saltforkdesigns.com. Thanks for sticking with us. We're heading to the Northwest Washington, to be exact, where Sean has this field update. Hey, everyone. Sean Air here with Toxic Calls. Well, made it through Thanksgiving. Got a decent cold front push through during the week, so now we're out trying to find some birds. I hope everybody had a great time with friends and family and gets to spend a little time in the outdoors with a couple extra days off. We are going to uh, most likely run the river and chase some ducks around and see what happens. Like I said, hope everybody had a great holiday and get some good time in the outdoors before you got to go back to work Monday. That's all I got. I'll keep it short and simple. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Sean. And spinning off of that, holiday season is officially here. Order now. Turkey to duck to goose calls. They're all handmade and American made. Plus, Toxic Calls carries gear too. Check them out. ToxicCalls.com. In the crosshairs today, I am talking about my favorite kitchen gadget. Yes, that's Me. right. Oh my gosh. I will give you credit that you do 90% of the cooking, but if you don't have a tigger, I'm going to give you're you going credit to when want... you do the other 10% of the cooking is outstanding. Ah, thank you. Thank you. I w- everybody and out there is going. You two get. Okay. <laughs> what did he do? He's in trouble. What he's referring to, why is Beck's cooking amazing? That's because I use this gadget called the Instapot. Yes. Oh, that's the Holy Grail. Oh, right my there. gosh. And they've been around for quite some time already. But I'm bringing this up because I've encountered a couple other outdoors people like myself, hint, hint, my Uncle Tracy, who had never heard of the Instapot. And when Tracy's I explained, hardly heard of a car. I know, I know. But he's a hunter like the rest of us, whether it's elk, deer, hogs, it doesn't matter. He's out there after him. And that is the secret to my success. And I'm bringing this up. Holidays are coming. Instapots will be going on sale. But this gadget, let me give you an example. Say you have a frozen roast. You get home from work, whatever you're doing, you get in from the night, you didn't have anything taken out for supper. You take a three pound frozen roast. You put this in your Instapot with a cup or two of of, uh, your favorite broth, beef broth or chicken broth, whatever it might be. Put it in there. 50 minutes, pressure cook. Let it naturally 
uh, what do you want to call it? Rest, as you might say, for about 10 minutes. And voila, in 60 minutes, you have a roast ready to eat it's that fabulous. Has fall apart. And it's fabulous. And everybody do, will be cheering of, you on. We do a lot of ribs, pork ribs. Brisket. Brisket. It, uh, I mean, you, you can do your poultry. You can do your birds. Anyway, there you have is, it. This is legit. Check out for your Christmas. You're hard to shop for a person. Get them an Instapot. Instapot, not a sponsor yet. yet. If you have a topic we should investigate or have a tale of your own to share, send it this way. Call, text 305-900-BEN. That is 305-900-2363 or email bendradioshow at gmail.com. Social media, we're everywhere. Facebook and Instagram, follow at A with the circle, The Bend Show. A huge thank you to everyone who came around The Bend. Producer and sound engineer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Master taxidermist, Bodie Schneider from Schneider Taxidermy. Remember to check out schneidertaxidermy.com for his award-winning mounts or follow him along on Facebook at Schneider Taxidermy. Field update from Sean Ayer from Toxic Calls. And if you're out chasing birds, be sure to tag us on social media too. As always, if you have a field update from fishing to hunting to hiking or camping, call the hotline. 305-900-BEN. We want to hear what you're seeing out there. Lastly, missed this episode. Find all of our shows on the website, thebendshow.com. Again, that's thebendshow.com. And be sure to catch the podcast on all of the podcast listening apps out there. Thank you to our partners, Schneider Taxidermy, Mickey's Mustard, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV, Wobbolo Creek Outfitters, Salt Fork Designs, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, and the Cowboy Channel. Finally, a big thanks to all of you listeners out there that came along. Keep up with me back all week long by following The Bend on Facebook and on Instagram at The Bend Show. This is Rebecca Warner, and remember to catch back if you can next week on The Bend. Mm-hmm.